Today we're talking about how to restore your past and how to restore your future. How to restore your past and restore what may have been lost in your future. And the Bible teaches us this, that each person is the governor of their life. The governor of their life. Now what I want you to do is if they'll put that slide up, I want you to say to your neighbor, Hello, governor! Hello, governor! Hello! I don't know what in the world has been happening at my house, but somehow Luke has gotten on this British kick and a British accent. And the truth is, he's actually pretty good. <laughs> like, he'll talk, I'm like, that was actually pretty good. Like, I'm sure the, the, the Brits would actually disagree, but for an American, the camera can come back to me, the, for an American, that was pretty good. That was, that was pretty decent. And uh, the, Lord, the Lord teaches us in the Word that you are the governor of your life. And I want you to remember this, because I want this to stick out with you. I think you're really going to enjoy the message today. Hello, governor. Hello, governor. And we watched, uh, what was the thing we watched the other day? My Fair Lady. Oh, my goodness. I laughed and laughed and laughed at uh, Audrey Hepburn. It was so funny. And uh, just the, the challenge between the different classes and where they came from and, and how she spoke. And uh, it was really just so funny. But, and it's been sticking. And I've been saying this for weeks. Hello, Governor. Hello, Governor. And I've been just messing around. And, and then Luke's repeating it and talking like he's British all over the place. I'm like, that is, sometimes it's so good and sometimes it's so bad. And I want you, I want you to just hear this. Hello, A-L-O, I want you to hear this. Abide, listen, and obey. Abide, listen, and obey. And they'll put that up on the screen. And when they do, I want you to tell your neighbor one more time. Abide, listen, and obey. Tell your, now tell your neighbor. Hello, governor. Hello, governor. Now, you got to get into it. You're already, like, holding back on me. Hello, governor. Have you ever just wanted life to be simple? <laughs> Have you ever just wanted life to be simple and just to work? You ever just wanted it? You know, I, I've owned multiple businesses and had, uh, uh, had some success. The biggest calling in my life has been to minister the word, and uh, everything led straight to it. It funneled it right, right to there. And uh, I've had some success. One of the things that I learned is in business, you got to really be good at making decisions. Uh, the problem with making decisions is sometimes you don't know what to do. <laughs> sometimes you don't know what to do in business. You don't know what decision needs to be made, and you need to make one, and it needs to be now. And the company or the business or the organization rides on your decision that you don't know what to do. And then I've been you know, a business owner, but I've also been an employee where there's somebody that's sitting there, or they've told me in the past, 
do this, now do this, now do this, now do that, now do this, now do that. Now, and I'm just like, yeah, amen, glory to God. And you know, the great thing is, okay, I didn't know my own business, but it was simple. You know, it was simple, do this, do that, do this, do that. Very simple. And there's a peace in that. And how many of us would like for just things to be simple at times and not have to make decisions, right? And the beautiful thing about God is really the only decision that you have to make is to abide, listen, and obey. That's the only decision you have to make, to abide, listen, and obey. Because if you'll do those things, it'll work. And I mean, what will work? Everything. Everything will work. I'm not saying that you won't ever go through some challenges. You will. You live in a corrupted world. You have an enemy who loves to steal, kill, and destroy. You'll go through challenges, but you will go through. You will go through as you allow, abide, listen, and obey. Have you ever thought about the verse, if they'll put it up on the screen, this is not on the notes, but Matthew 6, 34. Have you ever thought about this verse? And, and it says, basically, don't worry about tomorrow, right? Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, that's not necessarily something that we want to praise God over. Oh, every day is going to have its own trouble. Right? That's not things that we want. But what he's saying is this. If you back up one verse, he says, if you'll just seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. And, he, and what he's saying is, you don't have to worry about tomorrow, but you don't have to worry about today either. You just need to make choices to abide, listen, and obey. And I want you, starting right now, as soon as you see trouble on the horizon, as soon as you see a problem coming up, as soon as you see a decision to be made, to think, hello, governor, abide, listen, and obey. And in that simple word, in that simple word, in that simple word, is seeking the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. All these things will be added simply by abiding, listening, and obeying. The interesting thing is, now, now watch this, you, you can't change the past. How many people have made some mistakes in the past besides me? How many, you know, he says right here in verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. I can't change the past. I'm not supposed to worry about tomorrow. I just have today. According to God, He only wants us to focus on one day at a time. One day at a time. Can't change the past. I can't fix what I broke already. Even if it was good, I just can't go back and change it. I can, I'm not supposed to worry about the future. I want you, God's saying, I want you to focus on today. And in that day, he wants you to do three things every day in all of its simplicity. Tell your neighbor what it is. Hello, governor. Hello. Have you ever felt like you were a victim of your past? <laughs> Have you ever felt like you were a victim of your past? You made some mistakes, 
And even today, you can't go forward because of stuff that you've done in the past. Goodness knows I've done that. You, you've messed it up. Have you ever felt like your future was limited because of how you were born, color of your skin, the mistakes of your past, maybe what family you were born into, and your future is limited? Have you ever, you know, you, you're, you feel like you're a victim of your past, your future's limited, and today's not looking so great either? Now, I'm not saying that this is a good confession. I'm just saying that we are tempted with these feelings on a regular basis, and much of the world today is in more despair and mental fatigue than I've ever seen in my life. But God's got a simple answer for it. Abide, listen, and obey. Hello, governor. You'll never be able to repair the past on your own. You are not going to be able to repair the past on your own. It's not possible. It's not possible. You can't build your future by yourself either. And it be godly and heavenly. You can't build it. Many times I, I don't use this many notes or go right down it, but I am today. Maybe we'll get out early. I don't know. That was a strong cough, Justin. <laughs> and today holds no promise without God. I can't fix the past. I can't build my future. And I have no promise for today without God. But God has a simple solution to fix it all. Abide, listen, and obey. And when he says and tells us to do these things, he's not talking about your future. He's talking about today. He says, don't even worry about your future. He says, just do this today. Abide, listen, and obey. Abide, listen, and obey. In our past, God is known as this. He's our restorer. God is the restorer of our past. Turn, turn, if you would, uh, to Psalms 51.12. Psalms 51.12. God is the restorer of our past. Have you ever felt like you were a victim of your past? Maybe your past was five minutes ago. Maybe your past was this morning or yesterday. Or, or maybe, maybe your past was where you were born into and, and, and how much finances you had. I know many times in my past, I was sitting there thinking, golly, we're never going to escape just poverty, you know? We're just not going to escape poverty. You're seeing that change in front of your, your lives. Yeah. yeah, Our family may have taught us the wrong things or done the wrong things, and we've just been a victim of our past. But I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, your loving Father is a restorer of the past. He can fix those things. He will fix those things. And he does it as we abide, listen, and obey. Psalms 51.12 says, Restore to me, God, restore to me the joy of your salvation 
and sustain me with a willing spirit. Restore to me the joy. In other words, salvation is bigger than just going to heaven. That's the biggest part of it is you get a fellowship with God. But inside of the gift of salvation, there's a lot of other little packages. Healing, deliverance, protection, restoration, prosperity. You see, all of these things of God is inside of salvation. And what he's saying right here through the prophet is this. Restore to me again the joy of my salvation. See, the thing is, when you actually get restored and salvation comes to you, a joy rises up. When you get healed, it's like glory to God. God loves me. You know, when I'm walking over here and like crying in joy, that's a joy cry. That's not, that's not a sad cry. That's a joy cry because of the goodness of God to restore things. To restore things. You are a child of God. You, if you're born again, you are in the kingdom of God. You have an inheritance. Jesus is not sick. Jesus is not poor. Jesus is not worried. And you are in him and he is in you. You have an inheritance God wants to restore to every single person. And what you saw today in me is a restoration of some things and it brought me joy. This is what this verse is talking about. He is your restorer. He's your restorer. He's your restorer. And he's restoring the joy of that salvation. He's restoring that joy. No matter where you've been, all of us have different stories. All of us have different lacks. But God is the restorer. God is the restorer. And when that salvation comes, there's a restoration of his joy. That's who he is. In other words, even if you've been a victim of a past, God's your restorer. God's your restorer. And some of the victimization of our past was our own doing. Hello, thief on the cross. He was a thief. God restored him. Today, Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise. Took all of, your, all of your earthly deeds. Every one of them was so messed up, so jacked up. But today, you will be with me in paradise. I'm restoring you, and I'm redeeming you from those bad decisions. I'm bringing about a salvation, and the joy of the Lord is coming to your life. And we don't have to receive that in death. That God waited too late to turn things around, to have it here on the earth. But you're on the earth now, and you can start turning it around simply by putting faith on God as a restorer today. He's a restorer, Joel 2.25. Then I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locust has eating, the creeping locust, the stripping locust, the gnawing locust, My great army which I sent among you. What you see is all of these things that have stolen from you, God is about to restore. He will restore those things. Everything that's been stolen is going to be restored in Jesus' name. Every bit in Jesus' name. It's being restored right now. Right now it's being restored. 1 Peter 5.10, this is in the ESV. 
He says, after you have suffered a little while. Now, if you've listened uh, to the series, How to Have a Full Life in God, we talk specifically about suffering. Because the suffering, the way that most of the religious church uh, defines it and talks about it, is not the way the Bible talks about that. We've taken religion, a religious slant on that word. And what suffering means is basically this. You have a flesh, and when you're trying to stand for God, your flesh is going to want to go one way, and you, by Christ, are supposed to go another way in faith. You're supposed to go another way. And so he says, when you have actually suffered, put down the flesh and stood in faith. That's what that word means. When you put down the flesh and stand in faith, he says in 1 Peter 5.10, after you've done that, the God of all grace, the God of all grace, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself, will himself restore you, confirm strengthen and establish you. When you've decided I'm putting down the flesh, I'm living for God, and I'm going to stand in faith, you step in that. I may have had a past, but God himself will step into your life and start to restore you. You've been seeing it in your life. You've been seeing a restoration over the last couple years, and it's not stopping. Stand up here. You've been seeing a restoration of your life, of your mind, things that were stolen from you because of a worldly thinking and a worldly philosophy. You've already seen it start to turn around. You've already seen it start to go a different direction. And it's only just begun. He's bringing back the joy of his salvation in every way in Jesus' name. Let that anointing to restore be now. Be now the God of all grace steps in. The God of all grace. When we put faith on God, all of a sudden the Father, the loving Father who loves you with an everlasting love, He comes into your life. He says, I'm here to restore you. That's who He is. He's a restorer. He steps in Himself. Look at this. He says it in, in the New American Standard. He says, and after you have suffered put down the flesh and stood in faith for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory. Understand that his glory is all the goodness of God. In Exodus 33, Moses says, show me your glory. And God answers by saying, I will cause all my goodness to pass before you. It is everything good about God. It's so much good that people can't stand in it. It's so much good that the power of God makes them weak in the knees, makes, makes them wobble sometimes. It's so good. And he says, look, look at what he says. The God, he says, after you've stood for a little while, the God of all grace, the all supernatural power and favor who called you not to sit there as a victim of your past. But he called you to an eternal glory in Christ, in the anointing. He's not called you to be a victim for the rest of your life. He's called you out of that place, restored you from that place. Listen, if it's an eternal glory, you're in eternity now. Eternity for you really started the day that you accepted Christ. And if you haven't received him, eternity in this goodness of God can start today. 
by abiding with him, listening and obeying. He's called, look at this promise. He says, when you stood, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory, his eternal goodness. Do you understand? Come here, Hannah. Do you understand that we were many times over here in the world? We were many times, stand over here, Johnny. You stand here. (laughs) Many times, here you go. Many times we've been in the world and we've been standing over here in the world and God says, listen, I am the God of all grace, of all supernatural power and favor. And the world had some stuff walled up around you. He had, he had some traps, and you fell for them. Some decisions were yours. Some of it was just plain stealing, killing, and destroying. And he had you walled in in the philosophies and the thinking, the thinking of the world and everything. What was right was wrong, and what was wrong was right, and backwards and flipped upside down and messed up. He said, but the God of all anointing, the God of all anointing, the God of all His anointing, all of the grace of God has come in. And if you'll have it, if you'll have it, He said, I'm breaking down every bit of that. I'm going to take you by the hand. And over here is all of my goodness. Over here is all of my goodness. And you're coming over here to all of my goodness. You're going into the glory. He said, I didn't call you to stay over there. I called you to be in this eternal glory, this eternal goodness. This eternal goodness. Raise your hands in Jesus' name. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. Let it be. His eternal glory in Christ by the anointing. Not by our thinking, not by anything else. By the anointing. Not by logic, not by reasoning, by the anointing. The anointing doesn't make sense to a worldly brain. It doesn't make sense, but we need it more than ever. It's how God does things. When he says Christ, he's talking about the anointing that Christ carries. He's going to call you into this place by the anointing, that the anointing that's broken the yoke over your life. It's broken all of that bondage. It's broken up that walled mess. The anointing's going to take you into that eternal place of all of his goodness and glory. And it doesn't start in heaven. It starts right here. Right here. If it started in heaven, then this next part would not be right because these are things that happen here. He himself will perfect you, confirm, strengthen, and establish. Think about that. He will take my past and me being a victim of my past and he will take those things and perfect it. He will perfect it. He will fix those building blocks that have been missing. He will take those those foundation stones and put them back in our life so we can stand and having done all stand. I look across this crowd. There are so many testimonies of people who were in a jam, who were in bondage, who needed the freedom of God. And all of a sudden, the power of God and the anointing of God came over here and kicked down the devil's castle, grabbed them by the hand, by his grace, by his anointing, and took took us to his place of glory. And you're just starting. You're just starting. If you've received that, raise your hand. Look at this. Look around. Look. If you've received a touch of this, let me tell you, you're just starting. You're just starting. You're just starting. Stand up. There's the faith you've been looking for. 
You're just starting in the name of Jesus. You're just starting. You're just starting. That was faith. Job 42.10. The Lord restored the fortunes to Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. Everything that was stolen, he restored them. Do you think it would have been right for the Lord to restore Job but still leave him with pain? No, he's restoring the joy of salvation as well. He restored every, every bad memory. He restored every bad decision. He restored every bad word. He restored it all. He didn't leave him sitting there in, in doubt and worry and concern. No, he restored his heart. He restored his mind. And he gave him back twofold what had been stolen. That's God our restorer. We don't have to be a victim of the past anymore. God is a restorer. I love this. One of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. The lady, the lady sees the prophet going by. He, he, she sees Elisha going by his house. For any of you that are wondering, like, man, was that right for that church to do that? This morning to pastor? You know what? This is my 50th year. I'm turning 49. That means I'm going into right now my 50th year, my jubilee year. Lord's already spoken. This is indeed your jubilee year. You're coming out of all the past. You're not going to be a victim of the past anymore. I'm restoring. He's already spoken to it. This is the beginning of it right here. This is the beginning of that. And if it's the beginning for me, it's the beginning for you. Because this ministry and us, we are intimately attached. And what happens in, in the leader happens in the body. I'm expecting huge things in the name of Jesus. Every part of the gift that was received this morning, Lord, I receive it on your behalf to advance the kingdom of God. Lord, I receive it for your purposes, for your things. I receive it. Let every person that played a part be blessed. Let it be pressed down, shaken together, and running over into their lives. Lord, fill their hands. Knock out that debt supernaturally. Lord, break down the bondages of that debt. Break it down. Take them to the place of your abundance. Take them to the place of your glory. Perfect their finances. Perfect their health. Perfect their protection. Perfect their restoration. Perfect their deliverance, Lord. Perfect it in Jesus' name. Lord, bring about the perfection of that intimate fellowship now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The Lord restored to Job. Here's this lady, and all of a sudden she sees this man of God walking by, Elisha, the prophet Elisha. She sees him walking by. This man's doing stuff for the Lord. She talks to her husband. I don't know why she had to talk to her husband, but whether he was on board or not, he got on board. He listened, right? And she said, I feel like we need to do something for this man of God. And watch this. She sowed the seed. All of a sudden, here's what happened. And I want you to see, you played a part in this today. In this today. You played a part in this. In sending the gospel. Because you think I'm, I'm going to sit on my duff and, and just go show off to all my fleshly friends? All my friends preach. If they don't preach and they're not in ministry, they're generally not even my friends. 
Like they're all after the gospel. I surround myself with people. We're going to take the gospel. We're supposed to fly a lot here in this next month. We might drive. I'm thinking now it'd probably be a better ride without all the hassle. This is what I want you to see is that you just sowed into taking the gospel. That's who I am. That's what we do. I'd rather preach and have a service on my birthday than anything else. That's a present because my God, my Lord, my Savior, whom I am and whose I am, I love Him and I want to see His kingdom advance over everything else. Over everything else. You just did this. This is why I didn't know why this story stuck out to me so much this morning when I was when I was praying over it. Now I know. I keep thinking people are up there with those balloons. I'm like, who's standing up there in blue? And I said, now, you know, this story was sticking out to me. And listen to this. This lady says, there's a man of God that's advancing the kingdom of God. And he keeps coming by here. I have it in my heart. Let's make a place for him. Let's build a room. Take our money, build a room so that every time he comes by here, he has a place to stay, a place to rest, a place to read the word, and and a place to sit in there and fellowship with God. And they planted a seed. Well, all of a sudden, he's sitting there. This is biblical. We were talking about this last night. When you do that stuff, it is, it is a biblical thing. It is a kingdom principle that when you attach yourself to a vision, see, everybody who sowed this morning, you attached yourself to a vision. It might have been a person, but that person is carrying a vision. That's what they live for. And you attach yourself to a vision. You see it in Philippians chapter 1. When you attach yourself to a vision, you ingrain yourself in the place of the heart of that vision. And in that vision is why people run. In that vision, that's how they have abundance, is the vision of God. And they attach, that woman and her husband attach themselves to the vision. All of a sudden, in in Elisha's heart, The prophet's heart, all of a sudden, he kept saying, what do you want? She was coming up to him. You've got something that your heart is crying out for. You've got something. She said, yes, we want to have a child. We want to have a child. And he he prays. And he says, about this time next year, you're going to have that child. And the miracle baby is born. She had not been able to have children. And the miracle baby was born because they sowed a seed. And then the devil comes along a few years later. The devil comes along. He tries to steal, kill, and destroy. Does what he does. All of a sudden, he comes up. The the prophet's there right in that moment. What, What is going on? She said, all is well. She's saying, by God, I know my God. All is well. There's been something going on, but it's going to work out. Can you imagine saying all is well when your only child and the promise of God has died in your arms? Can you imagine the faith it took for her to say all is well? See, this is a lady that knows God as the restorer. Something's been stolen. I need my restorer. All is well. All is well. And then she goes up. He says, he basically, he keeps asking questions, finds out the boy has died. 
He says, go lay, lay them in my room. You know, the one where you, you build it for me. You remember the place where you sowed the seed into the vision and into the things of God? You remember that place? Go lay him in that place. Lay him in the place where you laid your seed. Lay him in the place where you sowed into the kingdom of God. And let it be a reminder that you should have an expectation. And all of a sudden, the prophet goes in, he prays over the boy, and the boy comes back to life. And he takes him back to his mom and said, here's the miracle child again. Here's the miracle again. Here's the miracle again. Here's the miracle again. And then that's not the end of the story. Then a famine hits for seven years. No food. No food. Just so happens... The prophet's servant is sitting in the king's chambers telling him the story about this lady. He's telling them the story about how they built a place for the prophet and how, how they needed a child and wanted a child and how Elisha prayed and they had a child and how the boy died. And then, then Elisha came. And based on all that one seed, it all started with building a room for a vision. Building a room. And all of a sudden, he, he says, and then Elisha prayed and the boy came back to life. And about that time, at the end of a seven-year famine, about the moment that the prophet's apprentice is telling the story to the king, that moment he turns and in through the door walks the lady. And all of a sudden he says... There's the lady. That's her. 2 Kings 8, 4 through 6. Now the king was talking to Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, please relate to me all the great things that Elisha has done. Can't you hear that? As he was relating to the king how he had restored to life the one who was dead, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life appealed to the king for her house and for her field. And Gehazi said, O king, my lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son. That's the miracle boy right there. That's him right there. This is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. Verse 6, when the king asked the woman, she related it to him. So the king, say this with me, my God. Say, my God is a restorer. I don't have to be a victim of my past because my God is a restorer. And at this moment, the king asked the woman, she related it. So the king appointed for her a certain officer. <laughs> hey, uh, Mr. Sheriff, Mr. Police Officer, go with this lady and serve her right now. Restore all that was hers and all the produce of the field from the day she left the land even until now. Give her seven years of restoration. Everything that was lost, restore it to her now. This story isn't being told without a testimony. And there would be no testimony without a seed. I'm telling you, Boomerang, you got an expectation on a harvest today. You got an expectation on a harvest today. You did it yourself. You decided, Lord, we're sowing into a vision. You did, you did it yourself. 
We're sowing into a vision, and it's bringing about a testimony right now. Just raise your hands right now. Lord, bring about the testimony of miracle in their lives, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God is a restorer. God's a restorer. There have been things, just sit still. Let me have your hand. There have been things and decisions where you missed it, made mistakes. But there's a restorer that's working in your life even now. He's been talking to you, been calling you, been drawing you, and even you sit here today because of him putting his hand on your life and in your mind. He's bringing about a restoration of all things. He's got a great plan for you. And as you do what I'm talking about today, abide, listen, and obey, I'm telling you things change from this day forward in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless them and anoint them in every way. Great things are happening. Great things are happening. Great things are happening in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. The Lord's been talking to me about you. He's been bringing you up to me on a regular basis. He's been talking, and I've been praying for you. I've been lifting you up. God did that. He put you on my heart. He put you on my heart. God's got a plan, and he's bringing it about. And I'm telling you, you don't have even the imagination to even imagine it all. He'll do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. And one translation says, or imagine in Ephesians 3.20. That's a verse for you to look at and just meditate on. And even when you get to the place where it's like, oh, I can imagine it now, it'll, even, it'll start to go up from there where you can't imagine it anymore. And when you get to that place, he'll go up to another place where you can't imagine it anymore. And when you get to that place, it'll go to another place because God's that big. He loves you that much. And he's turning things right now if you'll have it. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. He is a restorer of our past. We don't have to be victims of our past. He is, in this present day, an ever-present help. Psalms 46, 1 through 4. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. He's so much of a help, we can say it by the Spirit of God, we will not fear. Right now, no matter what I see or what I feel, God will help me presently today. I might not know how, I might not know what, I might not know why, but I know Him. But I know Him, and He is my ever-present help. He is my ever-present help. Say it with me. God is my ever-present help. He's my restorer. And he's my ever-present help. And today, in my present, he's my help so much so I don't have to fear. I don't have to fear. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, 
Can you imagine that? Where the earth is shaking and rumbling so much, mountains are falling off into the ocean all across, all across TV and newsland, and we're watching it, and we're sitting there. This is the reality of our ever-present help. We can sit there and watch that, and we don't fear not one bit. Oh, glory to God, because He's our ever-present help. If I need to avoid an area, He'll tell me because He's my ever-present help. If I need wisdom today, He'll give me that wisdom today. If I need a helping hand, He's my ever-present helping hand. If I need something today, that's who He is. No matter what I see or what I face, listen to this by the Holy Ghost, every scripture. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change and the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. There is a river. Even though all this stuff is happening in the world, there is a river, a supernatural supply, and a supernatural river of God whose streams make glad the city of our God the holy dwelling places of the Most High. When I see Him as my ever-present help, I step right into abiding with Him. I abide with Him. And wherever He is, there's a river. There's a supernatural river of supply, of protection, of help. He is an ever-present help. He is the builder of our future. You don't have to worry. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. You can't change the past. But if you'll abide in me today, I will fix the past. I will give you what you need today. And I will in today start building your future. And God will be the builder, not you or me. God will be. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope here in this. God, how many plans does God have for your calamity? How many plans does God have for your tragedy? See, we've heard it told, well, God needed another angel in heaven, so we took him. That was not God's plan. That wasn't God's plan. That was the enemy, stealing, killing, and destroying. Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I come. I come to give you life to the full, in abundance, till it overflows. Our ever-present help, that's who he is. God is not bringing tragedy on this earth. Do you know, you got to understand, no, that's the devil working and blaming God. In Luke chapter 2, Jesus comes on the scene and is born in a manger. God sends his angels and said, all men, this is great news. This good news of great joy for all the people with whom I'm pleased. With whom I'm pleased. From that moment, we were entered into an age of grace of God, or he's not mad in that way. In 2 Corinthians 5, I think it's around verse 19, 18 or 19, it says this, that he is not holding the world's transgressions against them. They might not receive him as Savior, But in this moment, he's seeing Jesus in their place. He's not holding that mess. He's not mad at them. He's wanting to save them. Jesus said in John 3, 16 and 17, I came to bring you everlasting life. The Father 
gave his only begotten son to get you to everlasting life. Verse 17, I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. But to save it. God's sitting there seeking to save anybody that'll be saved and put faith in him. And no matter what your past has, no matter where you grew up or what you look like or what your finances were, God said, you don't have to be a victim of your past. If you will abide in me, listen and obey, I will fix your past, I'll give you what you need today, and I'll build your future. I've got no plans for calamity in your life. But what I do have plans for, hear that, what I do have plans for, God says, what I do have plans is for you to fare well. He said, I have plans to give you a future and a hope And we're not talking about a worldly hope. We're talking about a heavenly hope. A hope on heaven's level that says, Oh my goodness, I've got a joy and a confidence and an expectation of things. I'm looking for the things of God. I'm in expectation of these things. Glory to God, that's my God. He's changing my future and building my future right now. Psalms 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. We're not supposed to be the builder of our future. God's the builder of our future. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. God's already at work building your future and bringing it about. Our job is to abide, listen, and obey. That's the simplicity of it. Abide, listen, and obey. Abide, listen, and obey. Hello, governor. I got more notes, but I'm not preaching them. We'll talk next week about abiding, listening, and obeying. And we'll go into detail how simple it is and God's plan. But what I want you right now is to realize is that regardless of what your past has been or where you come from, God has a plan that supersedes everything beyond all that you can ask or think or imagine. It is not just abundant. It's exceeding abundant. It's not just a good future. It's a very good future. And he'll take your past and change it. He'll take your past. I'm telling you, boomerang, God is designing a glory, a pouring out of his abundance, of all of his goodness in this place. And our job is simply to start the process of living every day for today in the abiding presence of God. Jesus said this, he said, if you don't abide from me, you won't have anything. He said, everything that you have, it comes from me when you abide with me. He said, everything stems from me. Everything comes from me. The whole starting point of all of this is abiding. You can't listen if you're not abiding. You won't be strengthened if you're not abiding. We have to start in the abiding place. I'm going to tell you this. Most of us think that we've been abiding in God because we checked the box that we're going to heaven some years ago. We've gone to church for you know umpteen million years, and by God, I'm abiding with Jesus. That's not enough. There needs to be a fruit of that abiding. There needs to be a fruit of that abiding. There needs to be a heart change. We don't need to just say it. We don't need to just talk about it. We need 
a fellowship, an intimate fellowship with our loving Father through Jesus and abide in Jesus like we never have before. The thing I, I think, you know, it's very interesting to me. This is something that I, that I think about often is many of us, if we were asked the question out in Walmart, when we go and win souls, it's amazing the people that think that they are perfect with God. I mean, it's, it's a lot of people. You say, on a scale of one to five, how's your relationship with God? What's the common answer? Ten, five, I'm great, I'm awesome. Meanwhile, they just cussed and just went to the liquor aisle. Oh no, I'm good. Well, maybe drop the cigarette pack out of your, out of your po front pocket before you tell me that you got everything cleaned up. Maybe, maybe forgive that person that just ran into your buggy that you cussed out. Maybe put on a little bit of that patience in that level five relationship you got on and stop laying on the horn at the stoplight. There should be fruit. It says this, and I believe it's 1 John. It might be 2 John. It says this that if you abide in Jesus, you'll look like him. See, our standard, our standard is not in relation to our neighbor. Our standard is Jesus. Do you look like Jesus? Are you walking like him? And the reason I ask is not because you can't. You can't. He said, actually, if you abide in me, this will be, it's a promise, what you will look like. You will be leading people to the Lord, advancing the kingdom, praying for them in the power of God, seeing them healed, delivered, set free. This is what an abiding looks like. And it's not just available to a pastor. It's available to every person that's in the family of God. Abiding, listening, and obeying. It all starts with abiding. The problems that we've had have been that in the past we've not been abiding at some point. We could talk in depth over this for a while. But the issue is that our heart has not been 100%. Our heart has not been 100%. Our heart has been torn. Our heart has been challenged. And although our intentions were we wanted to do God's thing, our heart wasn't really there. But when our heart, when we make a heart change, Lord, I'm yours. I will never walk away from you. I remember for me, it sounded like this, and you don't have to copy me, but maybe you can grab something here. I remember a moment when we had the ugly house. And if you don't know the story about the ugly house, just think ugly. And um, I was walking out back to take out some trash. I remember where I was, what I was doing. And my and, and I honestly, what I was doing was I I'd had I have a call of God on my life. Had a call of God on my life. But inside I had a carton of cigarettes that I'd been bound to. And I was walking out to take them to the burn barrel and burn them for good. It was the moment, and I said, no, I'm, I'm done with this. 
And I remember making the, this was the statement the Lord put on my heart, and this is the day everything changed. Because I decided, to the best of my ability, I'm going to abide in you. You're calling me to preach. I'm trying to save people from hell. I don't want to smell like it while I'm leading them there. I'm supposed to smell like heaven. I took those cigarettes, I threw them into the burn barrel, and I said, Lord, I made this statement. Lord, I always want to tell you yes from this moment forward, and I never want to tell you no. I want to only take steps towards you and never take steps away. And that moment, the Lord led me into a place of abiding with him that I'd never been in before. And we could have had a great fellowship and even had great testimonies and seen the power of God in our life, but there's a moment where we move to the place of, hello, governor, and we start abiding with him on a different level. We say, Lord, I'm going after you, and I'm not making excuses for my flesh anymore. I'm abiding with you. That's your moment today. Lord, today, close your eyes if you would. Today, I want to abide with you on the heavenly level. Not an earthly level and not compared to the people around me, but compared to Christ. I want to abide with you. If that's the cry of your heart today, I just want you to lift up your hand right now. Lord, I want to abide with you. I need, and, and some of us may even recognize, I need to abide with you on that level. I need to abide with you on that level. Don't let the devil scare you or put you in fear. No, I need your help, Jesus, today. I need it today. Raise your hand high. I just want to see everybody. Lord, I'm making that choice today. I'm abiding with you. Amen. I, all, hands all over the room. All over the room. I want everybody to put your hands down right now, and I want you to pray with me. Just pray this. Let it be the cry of your heart. Listen to my... Don't just repeat it right after I say it. Listen to what I say. Hear it. Agree with it. Make it the cry of your heart, and then say it. Jesus. Today. Now speak this with your mouth. He says, don't let the word depart from your mouth, not just your mind. We need to speak these things. Jesus, today, you are the Lord of my life. Today, I enter into an abiding on heaven's level, and I'll never be the same. Jesus, you're my Lord. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. And I believe that anything that could have held me back from abiding in you was shown as completely broken when God raised Jesus from the dead. When my sin was put on him, the Lord dealt with that sin. And when he raised up, he proved that everything that could hold me down no longer had power to do so. I receive your empowerment today, and I abide in you. Jesus, I ask you, fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire 
to abide in you and listen and obey on a level that is straight from you. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Just let him minister to you right there in your seat for a second. Lord, pour out your blessing on every person. Lord, strengthen them, help them, move them to the places that they need moving to. Lord, bring it about now in every way in Jesus' name. Lord, let your anointing touch them right now in the name of Jesus. I just want to call this couple right back here. Somebody help them right right there. Yeah. Will y'all come up here? Can I pray for y'all? Can I pray for y'all? Father, right now, anything that's been going on, Lord, anything that the devil has planned against them, let it be broken. Let it be broken in every way. I'm Brian. What's your name? Hunter. Nice to meet you. Malaysia. That's awesome. Amen. Are y'all married, dating, or married? Glory to God. Amen. Two years. Hallelujah. Amen. You learned some stuff about yourself you didn't know before two years ago. <laughs> What'd you laugh for? <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. Father, right now, everything that's tried to come against them, let it be broken in Jesus' name. Let them be strengthened with your might on a heavenly level in the name of Jesus. And let your anointing come on them and let the abiding presence of God come on them. Let your Holy Spirit fill them and their house. Lord, let the plans come about. Lord, let family be what it needs to be in Jesus' name. Let kids be what they need to be. Lord, I call them after you. Let them be protected and shielded by your hand and by your holy angels. Lord, let them watch and keep them. They wouldn't even dash their foot against a stone. But Lord, let them be blessed. Bring about supernatural protection in the name of Jesus. Lord, let that anointing flow from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Let it flow in them, through them, on them, and around them. Lord, let them be a light. Let them be a light to this area. Let them be a light to their neighborhood. Let them be a light to their kids. Let your anointing, Father, overflow in the name of Jesus. Lord, every mystery that needs to be unraveled and let loose, let your blessing and the fullness of your glory and goodness fill their lives in the name of Jesus. Now he's pouring out on you right now. Lord, fill them and overflow them. Fill them and overflow them. Lord, give them wisdom. Give them wisdom. Give them supernatural wisdom. And bring it about. And just bless them in every way. In Jesus' name. Hunter in Malaysia, in the name of Jesus, you just receive it. Be blessed. Say this with me. Say, Lord, we receive your blessing and your help in Jesus' name. Right now, just take your hands like this. Father, feel their hands. Let them, this represents just an abundance in every area of life. Lord, let them be filled. Not just finances, but that too. Let them be filled with an abundance of divine health. 
Let them be filled with an abundance of supernatural protection. Let them be filled with an abundance of restoration. Let them be filled with an abundance of deliverance from every evil work the devil has planned. Let them be filled with an abundance and abundance and abundance. And most of all, an abundance of abiding in Jesus' name. I see y'all praying together. I see you reading the word together. And I see something coming into your household that you've been longing for and you were designed for and you didn't even know the, the length of it and the depth of it. But God has a plan that goes beyond all that you can ask or think in Jesus' name. Father, I call them blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. I invite you based off of this message. If you're sitting there and you said, you know, today, Lord, I'm going to another level. I'm going to, hello, governor, in my life. I'm going to abide, listen, and obey. And I want you, Pastor Brian, I want you to pray over me. I want you to seal that up. And I want to walk in that like you're talking about. I invite you to come up right now, and I'm going to pray for you. I also invite anybody, if you have sickness or some kind of lack in your body, and you're sitting there and and you say, Lord, I want to be healed today. I invite you to come up. When I pray for you, I'm going to pray in the name above every name, the name of Jesus, the name of the authority of heaven. And when I pray in that name, you receive what God has for you. Don't be left out, but you grab a hold of it by faith and you take it. Father, right now, look at this. Look at this response, Lord. Father, this is faith in you. Lord, thank you. Your word says that when the word of God is preached, that you will work with the word, confirming with signs and wonders. Lord, bring about, those, bring about that supply of your supernatural provision now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name name. Whoo, there's that supply right there. In Jesus' name, there's that supply. I call it over. Everything broken. Everything of the enemy broken now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's that supply. It's flowing right now. In the name. In the name. An abiding. A listening. And an obeying. The joy of the Lord is coming to you. The joy of the Lord in salvation is coming to you. The joy is coming to you in a way that you even thought wasn't possible anymore. The joy of the Lord's coming to you. The joy of the Lord, the joy of your salvation is coming to you now. It's manifesting now. There's a supernatural explosion of the harvest of God now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's a new abiding coming in your life. It's a new level of abiding that you've agreed to by the Holy Ghost. Lord, I'm going after you. I got to have you. I see you in times in front of the Lord where you literally are so far in the spirit, you can't tell, am I in my body or not? I see an abiding coming in Jesus' name. Lord, abide in the name. Of Jesus. And abiding. <laughs> and abiding. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Say, Lord, I yield to your anointing. I yield to it. I'm yours. You're helping me. You're my ever present help. 
You're, you're my ever-present help. Oh, and I'm not a victim of my past. Whoo, and you're building my future. Oh, is he building a future? Oh, is he building a future? Sahadike in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus and abiding and abiding. I see that same abiding coming into your life like never before. And you've walked with God, you've talked with God, but I'm telling you, an abiding like you've never seen before. A place of entering into His glory. I see it happening. A place of entering into His glory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name. In the name. In the name. And abiding. Oh, not a victim. Oh, he's a restorer. <laughs> oh, the renewal that he's about to do will blow the minds of many people, including you. Oh, the renewal that he's about to do. Be in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Like a referee in the ring, the Lord is raising your hand in victory. There's a restoration of all things right now in Jesus' name. And abiding and a victory is yours now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Name true God, in Jesus' name, in the name, a new abiding coming on, a new abiding coming on, a new abiding. I'll be today when you decided to come and yield to the Lord, things changed. Your whole future changed. It got brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. You started on a path of abiding, and your future being built in such a way, it's amazing. Hapakosi, a new. A new abiding, a new abiding. Oh, I see a joy and a smile on your face. I see a joy and a smile in your abiding that I've never seen. Yeah, I've never seen, you've never seen it in that place, that new place of abiding. <laughs> a place of victory in the goodness of God. Yeah, thank you, Father, for the lightnings of God bringing about the fullness and the wholeness in the anointing. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. A new abiding. A new abiding. A new abiding. A new abiding. Oh, oh, you've just begun to step into some of those places. Oh, a new abiding, a new abiding, a new abiding, a new abiding place. <laughs> glory, 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 a new abiding. That new place of abiding. <laughs> That joy, that joy of the Lord. Oh, it's your strength. It's your strength. Lord bless me. A new abiding place. Easy and light. Oh, we love you.
And God loves you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> oh, a new abiding and a new joy. <laughs> I see it in you as well. A new place, a new level of abiding. Oh, there's such a reality to the fellowship that you will have with Him in these next days. Starting today, the reality of your fellowship will hit heavenly levels in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Receive that. Glory to God. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to have you. Father, right now, in Jesus' name. Woo! Hello! Abiding, listening, and obeying. Lord, let your anointing meet them. Let it fill them and overflow from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Lord, work it all out. Work it all out in the name of Jesus. Work it all out in Jesus' name. Work it all out. Thank you, Father, for your abiding and the building of their future. No plans for calamity. No plans for calamity. None in Jesus' name. Or the devil's been trying to say, uh uh, oh, this might be coming, that might. No, God has no plans. When you jump on board with that, you can have it in Jesus' name. No plans <laughs> in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, and abiding, and abiding, <laughs> and abiding in the name of Jesus. Lord, fill them. Yeah, fill them. Fill them with your anointing. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, fill them fresh and new. A fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire in the name of Jesus. A fresh anointing. Uh -huh. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Fresh, fresh. <laughs> I just met them today, so apparently that was on target. I don't know. I don't even know y'all's name. I'll, I'll learn it afterwards. Glory to God. In Jesus' name. A fresh abiding. 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 Let that anointing of God straighten it all out. Let Him straighten it all out. Not a victim of your past. If you will abide, listen, and obey today, will you have it? Raise your hands. I have it. I'm abiding, listening, and obey. Hello, Governor. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <laughs> a new place of abiding in the name of Jesus. A new place of abiding in Jesus' name. Lord, let your anointing overflow from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Lord, help her. You are that ever-present help today. Today. In the name of Jesus. And there's that anointing to help right now. There's that anointing right now to help, to strengthen you, strengthen your arms. Thank you, Father, to strengthen your walk. Lord, let it be now in the name of Jesus. Everything that's tried to come against, we just break your power in the name of Jesus. It's done. It's over. It's over. It's over. Say, so, Lord, I receive. I receive your help. I receive your help. Oh, and even in the midst of a storm, you won't look with eyes of fear, but you'll have a joy, joy, joy. In Jesus' name. Thank you for that supernatural help now. I see him lifting you. I see him holding you up. Ha <laughs> ha, helping, holding you up. 
Thank you, Father. Holding you up supernaturally, supernaturally, supernaturally. In Jesus' name. Just keep receiving. You don't have to go back to your seat yet. And abiding, and abiding. Hello, young lady. Say this with me. Say, Lord, I receive everything you have for me. I receive it now. I receive your help. I receive your glory. And today, these things change. I yield, Jesus, to you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let your anointing now touch her, flow through her. Thank you, Lord. Let it reveal every enemy that was stacked against her. And let it reveal, Lord, the revelation that those things shall not prosper in her life. But they are broken now in the name of Jesus. Let your anointing and your love show her how much you love her. Let your love pour out and manifest in such a way. Oh, glory to God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Abiding. And abiding. And abiding. And abiding. Oh, it's time. It's time. It's time. I see it. It's time. It's been a game. It's been played around with. But there's an abiding. There's a line you're crossing today. If you'll have it, there's a line you're crossing today and you're never going back. You don't have to go back. You don't have to go back. You can abide in the name of Jesus. In the name. In the name. Just say, Lord, I receive your Holy Ghost and fire from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. You remember that first day? Whew, that was the touch. Now, in Jesus' name, it's time to run. Oh, in your abiding, in your abiding, in your abiding. Ooh, that's a strong anointing. Love of God be in Jesus' name. Oh, a new abiding. Now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Baby, kana akadirios doro. Dada doro prene. Hana mostabolo. A new abiding. A new abiding. In the name of Jesus. A new abiding. A new abiding. A new abiding. Not necessarily a new place, but a new depth of abiding. Be in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. A new abiding. In the name. A new abiding. A new abiding. A new abiding. We'll paint it costal. A new abiding. Uh, oh, breathe in. A new abiding. A new abiding. Oh, it's a refreshing. It's a new refreshing place. 
a new level of abiding be in the name of Jesus. Raise your hands. A new abiding. Oh, yeah, it's yours now. It's yours now. What I said to you the other day, it's yours now. You know, the Lord says this in Romans 8. He says, when you pray by the Spirit, you'll pray out the mysteries of God. You'll also pray out the perfect will of God. That's the thing about Him building our future is we don't know everything that is in our future or what we need in our future. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. we got to have His will. we got to have His way. He's building things right now in you. Zahan He is piecing together, moving things in place for the perfect future. And it's blessed and it's good. And as you do what I was telling you the other day, and you stay in that abiding, you're going to step right into it. 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 Oh, glory to God. Lord, let these feet be anointed and step right into it. Oh, easy and light in Jesus' name. (laughs) Abiding, abiding, abiding. Whew. In the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, I receive your abiding. I receive it. Good. Then do it. A new abiding place. A new abiding. He's got a plan for you right now. Now listen. Now listen, the devil has a plan too. He's got a plan too. If you listen to the flesh, you can miss the place God's had for you. Right now, you're on the verge of springboarding into something that your brain even has a hard time imagining. Good. <laughs> Good. G-U-D. Good. Good. Right? Really, really good. Don't fall for the trap. There's a secondary plan that's not of God. You've got to make sure that you abide, listen, and obey. Raise your hands. Lord, give them the wisdom to see it and the strength to carry it out and bring about the good in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. A new abiding. Bring it about, Lord. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name, a new abiding. Whoo! Lord, continue to pour it out from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Glory to God. Hello, governor. Hello. Abiding. Listening and obeying. Hands on your belly. A new abiding. Whoo! Yeah, I hear that. A new abiding. A new abiding, a new abiding, not just for you, a new abiding. Did you receive something today? Hey, Mom. It's my mom. She was there 49 years ago. In case you were, didn't know that. 
a new abiding in Jesus' name, a new place of His glory. I see that same jubilee coming on thee in the name. When I said that, it meant something to you personally. And thank you, Lord, that it's a new jubilee. I said I just started it a couple of years ago, but you've not seen anything yet. A year of jubilee in the name of Jesus. Abiding. Abiding. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise and glory for all that you've done today. I thank you that we're not the same body that we were when we walked in this morning. You have taken us to a new level, a new level of glory, a new level of honor. You have done a work this morning, God. You get every bit of glory. The glory for the car, that's you. You made that come to pass. The glory for what's being done in lives, that's you. And we honor you today. Lord, you are so faithful, and we praise God for you. We love you. We serve you. We abide with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we invite you all to stay, have some cupcakes. The hospitality team is getting them ready. And then afterwards, we're going to go to lunch at Pancha Villa and continue celebrating Pastor's birthday. It's going to be great. So we love you. Be blessed. You had all your reminders at the beginning, but youth is tonight, grades 6 through 12. Make sure you're here at 4 p.m. Love you.